Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith McCrossan, here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, November the 6th, and my mission as your MLA continues to be to represent you to the very best of my ability in the Nova Scotia Legislative Assembly. I'm an independent MLA, meaning I work for you, the people, based on the principles of democracy building on a foundation that is truth and justice, determination and dedication, honesty, and being a servant leader striving to empower all people. Together, you and I can build on the strength of our veterans and stand firm on the pillars of excellence in healthcare, affordability, children and our education, and economy and entrepreneurship. Other work is centered on maritime collaboration the Isthmus of Chignecto and protecting that, as well as finding truth and justice for victims of family violence and sexual assault. These priorities are in line with my vision for a positive, vibrant communities here in Cumberland North. Last week in politics, I worked in the Amherst constituency office Monday morning and then had a meeting with a growing local business, a very growing local business, and Nova Scotia Power to discuss growth and electricity needs. After that meeting, I drove to Halifax for a Monday sitting of the Nova Scotia Legislature. Mondays are not typical days for sitting in the Nova Scotia Legislature. Usually those days are left for constituency work in each MLA's own riding, but often governments want to get out of the legislature faster, so schedule extra hours on Mondays. So last Monday, the legislature sat from 4 p.m. until midnight. While I was there on Monday, I read a member statement to honor the life and work of Dr. Brian Ferguson. There are so many in our communities that are grieving his sudden passing, and my sympathies are certainly sent to his beautiful wife, Dr. Celina White, and his four sons and their families. Also on Monday, Bill number 329 was debated in Committee of the Whole House, and that bill is the Halifax Regional Municipality Charter, an amendment of the Charter, and Housing Halifax Regional Municipality Act amended. So far, that bill has been heavily debated due to its nature of placing much of the control for approving housing into the hands of the minister, the provincial minister of housing, and out of the hands of Halifax Regional Municipalities control. There's been lots of talk around this bill in the legislature and it continues to be debated. It has yet to get through third reading. On Tuesday in the legislative session, it was from 1 p.m. until 11.59 p.m. again, sitting till midnight, and I tabled two bills on Tuesday. and. I introduced these bills which were aimed at supporting Nova Scotia farmers as well as increasing local food supply. Bill 392 is called the Buy Maritime First Act and it would ensure government agencies including public schools, hospitals and correctional facilities focus their purchasing power by ordering local food products. Now this is a similar bill that I had tabled along with now Premier Houston, back when we were in opposition together, we tabled a bill called the Buy Nova Scotia First Act and 
it was a very similar bill to what I tabled last week, but this time I focused on buying maritime first, and that is because here in a border community, we understand the importance of working collaboratively with our maritime neighbors. And unfortunately, right now, there is a lot of red tape and bureaucratic uh, barriers in getting food across even our Nova Scotia and New Brunswick border. So I, I believe, and many farmers and restaurant owners and sellers of food also agree that our maritime provinces should be working more collaboratively together to remove these barriers so that food can flow uh, easily across our provincial borders. So that is why I tabled this bill, number 392. I also tabled a bill called the Support Commercial Greenhouses and Vertical Farming, Bill 393, and this bill would offer incentives to support the construction of more commercial greenhouses and also provide an incentive to convert existing greenhouses to either geothermal or wood, heating chip, wood chip heating systems. Both of these bills will help increase local food production and ultimately improve accessibility to healthy local food for our government institutions and ideally lower prices for consumers. If you're interested in looking at either of those bills, you can go on to the Nova Scotia Legislature site and look up Bill 392 and 393. I also tabled documents and letters from local residents last Tuesday concerned about the nourishing food program and the reduction in government funding for this program. Now this program gave food coupons to people that are currently on income assistance, so those living in poverty, gave them coupons to buy food at the local farmers markets. And so it was both supporting people who are lower income, looking for healthy food, as well as it ensured that the food was purchased locally. Kind of a win-win. Unfortunately, this program has seen a reduction in government funding. So I did uh, table some documents supporting this program and asking the government to increase funding for this program. Last week I also tabled a document the Food Bank Canada had had uh, put out recently where Nova Scotia was the only province in the entire country that received a very low grade of an F and there's several reasons for that and one of the reasons is because of the high percentage of people that are currently living in poverty and the fact that our government have yet to increase the income assistance rates. On another matter, I was recently made aware that paramedics who are working overnight shifts at the Collaborative Emergency Center, or CEC, at North Cumberland Memorial Hospital, which is in Pugwash, will no longer be assigned to that facility beginning December the 1st, 2023, so at the end of this month. This is a huge step backwards for residents in Cumberland County it affects the people not only in the village of Pugwash, but the, the uh, town of Oxford, Wallace, uh, Tidnish, Linden, Porthouse, surrounding areas. This is a huge step backwards, and it means that the Pugwash Hospital will no longer be considered a CEC. And with a lack of regular daytime physician coverage in the emergency department already creating access issues, this change is yet another blow to the community. The decision is particularly devastating when the new hospital, North Cumberland Healthcare Center, is scheduled to open in just a matter of weeks. 
So Tuesday, during the question period in the House of Assembly, I asked the Minister of Health and Wellness, Michelle Thompson, why this is happening and what plans are being developed to address this serious downgrade in services and also why there was no opportunity for public consultation before this decision was made. Now, although there was no answer given by the minister, I am confident that by bringing this forward uh, in the public domain that it will be addressed properly. So I certainly will provide updates as the information is provided to me. Tuesday, October 31st, the legislative session was 1 p.m. to 11.59. Now these hours are certainly challenging and certainly take its toll on health and well-being of not only the MLAs, but the staff for our, us uh, MLAs, also the legislative staff, such as the clerks, legislative council, the pages, the librarians, law enforcement and security, commissioners, and all other staff that are required to keep the legislature running and functioning. So when you can imagine these people are coming in in the morning and having to stay till midnight every single night, it certainly takes its toll on their health and well-being. The practice of governments to extend hours late is not regular practice by premiers. However, it is often used to limit the amount of time government and the executive branch, otherwise known as cabinet, have to face questions by opposition members and the media. Responsible governments and parliamentary democracies are strongest when there is strong opposition members to bring forth healthy debate with an intention of ensuring there is accountability and transparency of those in power who hold the executive branch of government. Without proper oversight, there is greater opportunity for corruption and mismanagement of government. We know that. We see it around the world. And it starts right at the top office. And this can spread throughout departments if there is lack of oversight and accountability. So being in the House of Assembly provides an opportunity for all elected MLAs, there's 55 in the province of Nova Scotia, to have the voices of our people heard. That is true democracy. My fellow MLAs in opposition, who are members of the Liberal Caucus as well as the NDP Caucus, are making an effort to hold more days in the legislature to provide and improve upon the legislation that's being brought forth. So we have a bit of a push and pull in the, in the legislature, and I think it's quite common in all legislatures and parliaments around the country and that is you have a government who want to get in and out quickly and often extend hours so that there's longer days but less number of days for there to be a question period. And then you have opposition members who are trying to have the voices of the people they represent heard and brought forth, or forth in a public domain in the legislature. So that is democracy. And I do believe that opposition have a very, very important role to play and that is to provide healthy debate on issues of importance to the people they represent. And certainly I do my best and bring forth the issues that are of concern to the people here in Cumberland North, and I see other MLAs doing the same in the legislature. So I wanted just to explain that a little bit. When you hear the hours, I know many of you listening uh, if you're retired, you've probably worked long hours most of your life, 
And those of you that are still working, I'm sure, have worked long hours to midnight as well. So there's probably not a lot of sympathy from the public for uh, us MLAs having to sit in the legislature till midnight every night. Having said that, I do think it's important to draw attention to it because it's not necessary. And when you look at the work that we're doing, it's very, very important work. And when people are tired, the quality of the work is not as good as it could be. So uh, I'll continue to be there, whatever the hours are, are set, and we'll strive to bring the best possible uh, quality of work forward for you, the people of Cumberland North. And I just wanted to explain today uh, a little bit about the legislature, the hours, and the work that we're doing. And if you ever have any questions, I'm more than happy to answer those. So continuing on, Wednesday in the legislature, we sat from 1 p.m. to 11.59, and some of you may be asking, well, what do you do in the morning? So in the morning hours, we respond to the work back home. So I often have emails and phone calls I need to make from people that have contacted me through the office, as well as I prepare along with my legislative team, we prepare for the legislative session. So we review what the member statements will be to highlight people in our community, as well as prepare questions for question period. And then a lot of the time is spent on preparing for debate on the bills that have been brought forth. So if there's a bill on municipal uh, reform, then I need to do research and prepare my speech on that particular bill. So there's a fair amount of research and preparation involved for that as well. So last Wednesday, I was actually in Cape Breton most of the day to attend our daughter's graduation from Cape Breton University. She graduated with a degree of science in nursing and actually has already been working here on the obstetrics unit at Cumberland Regional and my husband and I are so very proud of her. After the graduation on our drive back to Halifax Wednesday evening, I continued to listen to my colleagues on the legislative TV debate uh, until midnight. It was an opposition day for the NDP. So in the afternoon, they debated three of their bills. And of course, every Wednesday is opposition day and it rotates back and forth between the NDP and liberals. And then the other days were in the legislature, it's all government bills. So on last Wednesday, there are three bills that the NDP brought forth were, were all very good bills, in my opinion. One was Bill 342 and the Universal Food Program Act. Number uh, Bill 363 was Early Learning and Childhood Care Act amended. And Bill 391 is the Income Tax Amended. So if you're interested, please take a look at those online. And then after the NDP Opposition Day, there continued to be debate on Bill 340, which is the Municipal Reform Act, and it was debated in Committee of the Whole until uh, midnight. This bill begins to reform the Municipal Provincial Service Exchange Agreement that was put in place, uh, or changed actually, in August of 1995. And I went back and read the Municipal Provincial Agreements and some of the consultation and work that was done in 1993 and 94 that led to the changes in 1995. And when you're reading that work, it's some of very similar verbiage as what is being discussed now, and that was almost 30 years ago. There's always been a bit of a uh, dynamic and uh, back and forth between provincial and municipal politics, and 
the municipal level of government does fall under the jurisdiction of the provincial government and it's all legislated through the Municipal Government Act and the uh, Halifax Regional Municipal, municipal Charter. Uh, but ideally, in a perfect world, you have both levels of government working together to bring forth the very best legislation for you, the people. So this is a new uh, Municipal Reform Act and that was debated in committee the whole last week. And then on Thursday, November the 2nd, the legislature was in session again from 1 p.m. to uh, once again midnight. I read a member statement last Thursday highlighting Pugwash receiving the Community Spirit Award from the Lieutenant Governor Arthur LeBlanc earlier in the year. And then in question period, it provided me an opportunity to ask the Minister of Health and Wellness about the lack of emergency ambulance services and the need to support our paramedics. This is an ongoing issue. We are not seeing any improvement in access to emergency ambulance services. Every single week I'm hearing from constituents who, or family members of, who have had a medical emergency called 911 and an ambulance has not always been readily available. The most recent was someone that waited for three hours. So this is a, a very important issue that I have been highlighting in the legislature and continue to, to pressure the government to make some changes in to, for improvements for, for the people here. And it's not just an issue here in Cumberland. When I speak to my colleagues around the province, it is definitely a province-wide problem. But of course, my job is to be the voice for the people here in Cumberland. So the debate continued on Bill 340, the Municipal Reform Act in Committee of the Whole, on Thursday. And then Friday, November the 3rd, the legislature was scheduled from 9 a.m. till 11.59 p.m., midnight again. And on Friday, I read a member statement thanking all those who make Amherst Little League possible. And then in question period, we focused on emergency room deaths and we did bring up the issue what happened here in our area when Allison Holtoff died so sadly, um, tr very tragically, on New Year's Eve. It's been almost a year. And of course, the questions around that situation is the way that it was handled and the way that her husband, still to this day, has not been given answers as to what caused, um, what led to her, her tragic passing. And then after question period, there was debate on Bill 337, and that is an amendment to the Electricity Act. I did share some debate on this bill. My comments were mainly about concerns of the province being able to meet the electrical demands by focusing only on wind and solar for renewable energy, and also talked a bit about the need to increase electrical infrastructure uh, for electric vehicles and charging stations, but also just for growth. Uh, there's a couple of fairly big projects happening here in Cumberland North, and there are some challenges by Nova Scotia Power to meet those electrical demands based on the infrastructure of substations and the grid. So we need to be looking at uh, making some improvements in our infrastructure for electricity, especially as we're putting more and more demands on that. The legislative session ended early on Friday, ended around 6.30 p.m., and as soon as it was done, I drove home to Cumberland County. On Saturday, I was able to attend a fundraiser at Cumberland North Academy 
elementary school and then joined some friends at the Border Town Jam to listen to some great local musical talent. And John Warner and Roy Pettigrew, boy, they just do a great job at the Bordertown Jam. And I know they have a whole team there of people that help and join in, people like Ken Embry. And I just want to do a little shout out to them today and thank them for making local musicians a priority here in this area and, and giving people like myself and so many others a place to go and listen to local music almost every Wednesday and Saturday. I also went to the Amherst Theatre for the first time since the very tragic death of Marlene Crosman. The team at the Amherst Theatre have a shrine of flowers and mementos in honour of Marlene just inside the entryway and honestly it feels like she's still there. And so just still thinking of the team uh, and the family of Marlene Crosman. My husband and I saw the movie Killers of the Flower Moon which I highly recommend if you all have a chance to go and see that movie. This weekend, in addition to spending as much time as possible with our grandson, our beautiful grandson, we got wood in for the winter and got some more of my root vegetables dug up from the garden. It was wonderful being home. But this is Monday and we're back in the Nova Scotia Legislature. The Houston government have called hours until midnight again each night this week starting today. I am doing my very best to keep up with all the messages and local constituency work in the mornings and I want to say a big thank you to my team here at home. And if anyone needs anything, please reach out to my office anytime. The phone number is 902-661-2288 and my email address is elizabeth Smith-McCrossan at novascotia.ca. Dan Gould, my constituency assistant, is continuing to help a lot of people, a lot of seniors fill out the Seniors Care Grant, as well as other people fill out the Heating Assistant Rebate Program. And uh, my goal is that every single person in our area that's eligible for these uh, funding programs are able to receive this money. So if you need help in applying, please reach out to my office. The Amherst office is located at 5 Ratchford Street on the main floor and that is the building right beside the Amherst Library. My staff and I are helping uh, to plan a few events that I'd like you to mark on your calendars. On December the 6th we'll be holding our second annual Fearless event and the Fearless event is to deal with sexual assault and family violence in our communities. Fearless will be held at the Anglican Church Hall. Please come hear our guest speakers, join in some music and food. There will also be a sharing closet, Kate's sharing closet, with clothing for women and children available for free as well. Of course, the event is free of charge and we welcome anyone uh, to attend and come and listen and join in the discussion about trying to end family violence and sexual assault in our homes and in our communities. On December the 21st I'm hosting a Christmas social and invite you all to attend. This event also is free of charge and it will be held at the Business Innovation Center which is the same building in which my office is located. So December the 21st and we're going to have Santa and Mrs. Claus join us just like last year too. New Year's Eve, we will be hosting a New Year's Eve gala and this is going to be an event to raise funds for food banks in Cumberland North. 
We have the band Second Toe scheduled to play, and we have other musicians playing earlier in the evening, so we'll be announcing those musicians in the days to come. It's going to be a night for all to celebrate the bringing in of a new year, and we're going to be supporting our local food banks. We encourage people to bring food, bring money for the food banks, and bring your dancing shoes to dance in the new year. The event is going to be held at the Amherst Regional High School inside the cafeteria in the atrium area, and it's going to be a great time and a beautiful gala, so please mark that on your calendars and plan to attend. I would like to extend birthday and anniversary greetings to anyone who's celebrating this week, including today, Monday, November the 6th, James Martin and Rosalind Hussey. On Tuesday, November the 7th, Jennifer Cunningham. On Wednesday, November the 8th, Kim Bacon. On Thursday, November the 9th, Bob Milner, who's a great golfer. On Friday, November the 10th, Trish Jardine. And on Saturday, November the 11th, Skippy Farrow. Anyone else celebrating a birthday or an anniversary this week, I send you my best wishes. And of course, on Saturday, November the 11th, is uh, Remembrance Day, and I encourage everyone to find a Remembrance Day service near you. There are several services every Remembrance Day here in Cumberland North, including downtown Amherst, Pugwash Village, Wallace, and Malagash. And I will be ensuring that there will be a wreath laid uh, representing my, my office here in Cumberland North at all four of those locations. There's also a dinner, Remembrance Day dinner, in Pugwash at the Pugwash Legion on Remembrance Day as well. If you're interested, you could certainly reach out to the Pugwash Legion for tickets. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who may, as may have lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of Pauline Griffiths, Paul Franklin Howard, Ace Adam Malachi Gabriel Killen, and Travis Michael Killen. And anyone else who may have lost a loved one at this time, please accept my sympathies. Remember to take care of yourself, body, mind, and spirit, and always seek ways to help others, for it truly is in helping others where you will find true joy. And in my goal as your MLA to build our communities as strong as possible, I know that that is only possible as, as each and every person finds a way to build their own body, mind, and spirit as strong as possible. And I want to say, uh, on the weekend I wrote this on my Facebook page, that there are angels in our communities. I see them helping those in need, feeding those who are hungry, clothing those who are cold, giving a home to those without one. And these angels, they inspire me. Despite the challenges that we face in our human existence, there are more people doing good than people doing harm. Never ever underestimate where real power exists. It is not in a title or in a position, but in the heart of someone who is helping another human being. So thank you if you are helping someone. You are building our community stronger each and every single day, and I want to say thank you. As I end off my MLA update for today, Monday, November 6th, I also want to say thank you 
to the team at CFTA 107.9 for providing me with this opportunity to, to share with you my update for Cumberland North. Take care of yourselves, take care of others, and have a great week.